Today on CityCast Philly, Philly's public schools need money. Next year, district officials are predicting a huge shortfall, more than $400 million. And every year, schools are missing out on millions of dollars in tax breaks given to developers through a program called Keystone Opportunity Zones. I'm speaking with a local reporter about whether this program is delivering on promised benefits and why some education advocates say the tax breaks are hurting students. It's Wednesday, February 28th. I'm Trinae Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Emily Rizzo, freelance reporter with Chalkbeat Philadelphia, a nonprofit news organization covering education. Glad to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. You recently wrote about how Philly schools are passing up on millions of dollars in local tax dollars each year. Before we get into all of this, because this is a lot to like take in, Emily, can you just quickly explain to me how Philly schools are funded? Yes. So Philly schools get some funding from the state, some from the federal government, and some from city taxes. And a big chunk of the city funding comes from property taxes. And that's important to keep in mind when we're talking about the Keystone Opportunity Zone program. So let's get into this. Why did this story about the Keystone Opportunity Zone program catch your eye? Why are people talking about it now? So every so often, the school board has to approve KOZs. And this summer, um, five developers asked the board for approval, and it caught our eye, partly because board members had a lot of questions for the Commerce Department, who were kind of presenting these KOZ approvals. And by the end of the meeting, the board still voted yes on four of the five, um, voted one no, and then they changed their votes the next board meeting, voted yes. And we didn't get a lot of those questions answered. And the board didn't get a lot of their questions answered during that August board meeting. And there was confusion also about why they flipped their votes. So we thought, let's dig into this, get those questions answered, and see how the KOZ program impacts the school district. Okay, so you took a deep dive into the Keystone Opportunity Zone program as you're referring to it as KOZs. What's it supposed to do? The KOZ waives almost all local and state taxes for 10 years. So it's a huge tax break for developers, and it's described as a way to bring in development to blighted or underdeveloped areas in the city you know, look at the Navy Yard. A lot of those new developments have KOZs. In some areas, it has been successful, um, you could say, to bring in a lot of new development and bring in jobs and economic growth to the city. So you're saying that in order to attract development, businesses, the city is giving these businesses, these companies, tax breaks? Oh, yeah. And that includes property taxes, which is like a huge hit in general on the school district. Not only do they not pay tax, but they don't pay taxes for 10 years at at a time. Yeah. And then they can even come to the school board and city council and ask for extensions. So that's what happened this summer. All of these developers already had KOZs and they were asking for another 10 years. And some of them hadn't started developing yet. 
before we move on, can you tell me, you mentioned there were five developers who were reapplying for the KOZs. Can you tell me who they were? Okay, so they were the Enterprise Center, Dateside Vodka, Longfellow Real Estate Partners, Wexford Development, and Arsenal. How much less money are we talking about here? How much does this impact Philly Public Schools? So looking at the district's financial reports since 2017, the public schools have lost $59.9 million since 2017. They, the district lost out on $7.7 million just in 2022 alone. Um, so that's just the numbers for you. More on this tax break program after the break. This is CityCast Philly. Emily, I'm going to sum this up because this program seems kind of complicated. Philly wants businesses to come into the city to create jobs and create economic opportunities. So companies and businesses get tax breaks. But that's actually blocking public schools from getting possible funding they could get from those possible taxes. And you're reporting that the Keystone Opportunity Zone program has been tweaked over the years so that the companies that get these tax breaks still support the school district. What does the support actually look like? Right. So up until recently, developers who were given these KOZs didn't have to pay property taxes. And that's a huge hit to the school district. That's a huge funding stream. But in 2017, the city started requiring pilots, and those are payments in lieu of taxes, to the school district. And that's supposed to make up what the district loses in property taxes. But everyone who had a KOZ before then was grandfathered in. And so the majority of developers who have KOZs now are not paying those pilots. They're just still paying no taxes to the school district. So those are the pilots. You also wrote that there are these things called opportunity plans that are supposed to help students. What are those? Since 2020, the Commerce Department has started to encourage, as they say, developers to provide these opportunity plans. And that means provide internships um, and be present at career fairs, things like that for district students. But looking into this, I found that only three developers actually have these opportunity plans and not all of them are actually fulfilling their promises 100%. And there's been a lot of criticism around some of the newly proposed opportunity plans. So going back to these five developers that came to the school board for KOZ extensions this summer, even the board vice president, Fix Lopez, criticized um, one of the developers because they said they would engage 30 students annually, including 20 who'd get access to career fairs. She said, that's one kindergarten class, for example, in a city of 1.5 million with 200,000 students, how did we come up with 20? And then I heard from education advocates, they also felt like these opportunity plans were underdeveloped and didn't demonstrate any significant commitment to the students. That was uh, Donna Cooper from Children's First. One thing I also want to mention, Trinae, is it was really hard to get from the city what these opportunity plans were. Why is that? That's a good question. 
I went back and forth asking the Commerce Department and the school district for not only just like what the plans were, but details of the plans. And they ended up giving me some basic information about what these plans look like and percentages that show how much the developers are like completing these plans. And I asked what those percentages mean. And I never got an answer. Like, what goals are they not accomplishing? Which ones are they? Like, how did you come up with that percentage? I never got that answer. Um, and and that these plans aren't like already easily accessible to the public to see. All right. So we got the pilots, the payments in lieu of taxes, the grandfathering in. We've explained some of the benefits that students could be getting from these developers. So, Emily, this is where this part of the story, you know, got me thinking, who enforces this law? This is law, right? The KOZ program is state-run, which makes this tricky. So developers need approval from city council and the school board when they're asking for KOZs or KOZ approvals or KOZ extensions. But at the end of the day, the state has the final say. This is the state-run program. The state says, we're going to approve KOZs whether people pay pilots or they offer these opportunity plans or not. We don't care because that's not a state requirement. That's a city requirement. So that's a contractual agreement between the city and the developer to pay pilots. But we still know that to get these KOZs in the first place, these developers need approval by the school board and the city council. So they still have a lot of power here. The city has a lot of power here. You could vote no. You could turn these down altogether. They could ensure that if a KOZ is coming to them and asking for extensions like this summer, how can you ensure that they're following through on their promises before you vote yes? Right. But that would also impact economic development for the city. That's what they have to weigh. And I think the criticism here we heard from education advocates was we just we need more transparency and accountability to ensure that these developers are doing what they're supposed to be doing in trade off for getting these tax breaks. Gotcha. Okay, Emily, what's the bottom line, though, for Philly Public Schools? Without this money, what are students missing out on? So overall, since 2017, this Philly Public Schools have lost $59.9 million, right? The district lost $7.7 million in 2022. So I, I kind of calculated how much seven, what $7.7 million could do for the school district. And I figured it could fund 61 librarians for one school year. And that's a huge need in the school district right now. I mean, this funding could go to a lot of things in the school district that it needs. Um, and I think, uh, you know, what I heard from education advocates was the school board needs to to consider that more heavily when they're voting yes or no on these on these KOZ tax breaks. This is all so interesting. All right. That was Emily Rizzo, freelance reporter with Chalkbeat Philadelphia. Emily, thanks for breaking this all down on CityCast Philly. Thanks so much for having me. You can read Emily's full article in Chalkbeat Philadelphia. We'll have a link in our show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Let us know what you think of this episode. 
rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, Hey Philly, to learn more about what else Philly's talking about. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. Bye.